You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I called the network and said, I don't want to go up at 8 o'clock. I want to go up at 7.57. I want to give away all the results of their show three minutes before they even go on the air. Oh, hello there. This is Bradley Martin just doing a very out-of-left-field Eric Bischoff impression. Calling back to the Monday Night Wars when WWE's Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff's egos almost destroyed two wrestling leagues. Now, why would I bring that up? Because we are back with season two of Heels, starring Oliver Quinn himself, Stephen Amill, as Jack Spade, with brother Ace Spade, played by the Hunger Games' Alexander Ludwig. When we last left off, Ace and Jack were just beaten down to the mat and watched a new champion get crowned in a ladder match. For Duffy Wrestling, DWF. The show starts off with Jack feeling he's just pulled off one of the greatest wrestling shows of all time with that crazy, uh, what what's the term called? Off script, shoot, insane decision. Shoot. And Ace feeling, I just got humiliated again. I don't even know who I am anymore. If I can't be cheered, I just want to be alone. Please find me a hole to dig in. So he takes off and uh, we explore that hole that he finds himself in. And I laugh, but it's actually quite dramatic. Crystal Tyler, played by Kelly Berglund, is now the undisputed champion. Not women's champion. Not TV champion. Not whatever the hell one of the 50 belts in the WWE is called champion. But undisputed champion of the DWF. Now, Charlie Gully, a promoter of a dystopia league wrestling, is trying to mock it, spit it, shame it, call it disgraceful. But he sees what's trending online and with the public. So he kind of wants involved. And Charlie Gully, played by Mike O'Malley, who does a fantastic job as a promoter, a skeezy kind of... I'm all business, but he says he's all business, but the ego is there, and it's huge. Him and Jack Spade lock horns to see who has the right to Duffy's pretty much wrestling community. They do see that perhaps working together would actually promote both of them, but can they put aside their egos to actually make that happen? We look into the past of King Spade with Chris Bauer as well, Bill Hancock, what made those two kind of separate from being buddies and also a great performance from the character Willie Day, Mary McCormack, who witnessed the whole thing and was kind of a part of it in what way 
You'll have to watch to find out. With me to talk about Heels Season 2. Um, she is a wrestling encyclopedia. I've reached out to her without needing to review anything when I've been curious about the insanity that has been wrestling as a whole from AEW to WWF. Jordan is with us. Wow, it's a good thing nothing notable in the world of professional wrestling happened between seasons one and two of the show. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) And the tag team champions of this review, Neil is with us, and so is Ray. Hello. Hello. So, Heels season two. Uh, Sophomore season, usually these things get bogged down with the slump curse. Did this happen, or did y'all enjoy it and kind of think it was a little bit better this time around? This absolutely did not suffer. In fact, I will say Heels is one of the best dramas on TV right now, and I'm not just saying that as a huge pro wrestling fan, but also this shit was just as compelling as anything I would see on WWE or AEW. Or, you know, even New Japan Pro Wrestling. Certainly better than whatever Vince McMahon was coming up with before he resigned. How about you, Neil? Oh, this definitely didn't suffer the sophomore slump. And I I would put it, I honestly would put it in the discussion of, you know, the better dramatic series right now. Because they wrote uh, compelling stories about these people who just happened to wrestle in their small town or in their promotions. You compare it to the bear and other shows that they focused on the characters instead of the set or the scenario. And they were smart that they would build upon what we were teased with in season one to give us the depth and history of these characters. We get more on Willie. We get more on Tom Spade that set all of this in motion when he built the Duffy wrestling, when he killed himself last season, we get all that. And we see motivations of the psychological scarring on these characters that was only hinted at in the first season and we see actual growth we see actual and we i don't think we've seen all the reveals either they they've saved some of those cards too we've only got a taste of it and i i i think mike o'malley is one of the unsung heroes you see this guy he's he's playing something different all the time you know he kind of makes it on the national scene with yes dear he's in several episodes of justified playing a completely different character he shows up at this show playing a completely different character owning it he wrote some of the episodes this season um and without we wouldn't we wouldn't have this compelling he's the joker to to jack's batman or vice versa whichever side you want to pick the nemesis helps make the hero even stronger and goalie is that perfect hero on the other side of it of, for this season. We didn't have that last season, really, but that was fine because we're learning this world and learning these people. But going in, like, this season literally starts right where the first season ends. We're, like, seconds past the ending. And Gully, Michael Malley's Gully, I think, made the season. Well, yeah, and I think the thing is that we use season one, of course, as setup, which you have to. You have to introduce all these characters and and where they're coming from and that kind of thing. But I think season two, with the fact that we really, really get to dig in more to their stories and what's happening, the writers really stepped up. There are some 
not only did they give the actors something to chew on, uh, which is great, but you have this writing that is not only revealing your characters more and more to you and where they're coming, where they've been and where they're going. It, but it just gave them some great, great moments on screen with some of these monologues. You know, we were even talking a little bit about, um, you know, comparing the wrestling and you've got the wrestling, but you don't have to be a wrestling fan to watch this. They proved that this season that you don't have to be a wrestling fan to watch this because this is some just great drama good writing that's going on this season. Absolutely. They, and, and, and like we got that proven by two surrogates, uh, Joss Seguera, who fun fact actually accompanied Stephen Amell to the ring for his match at the original mm -hmm. all in event, uh, in 2018 where Stephen Amell faced Christopher Daniels, who got a shout out via a best moonsault ever this season. And uh, I am blanking on the actress's name right now, but, you know, Allison Hargreaves from uh, the Umbrella Academy, both as uh, executives at a streaming service who look to expand their non-scripted, uh, you know, uh, catalog. And I now remember Emmy Raver, Raver Lapman, Lampman, that. And, but yeah, no, this is honestly fucking amazing. I will put this up against anything the Emmys want to consider the height of television. Because, like, Chris Bauer, honestly, actually gives, like, some award-worthy performances this season. He's, he is He's killing fascinating it. He's killing it. Because, yeah, he, he really is. And it, it because it really, it, it's like. It's like he he's pretty much the Jake Rob Jake the Snake Roberts character here, except thankfully way way less sadder than the actual story of Jake the Snake Roberts. Well, for season one, we think we know Wild Bill, and season two confirms no, you didn't really know Wild Bill, and we get to see a lot more of the person behind this persona, oh. this somewhat fairly big persona. We get the idea that he made it big time. He's nationally internationally famous and all this we got to meet the person this season yeah and one other thing uh the women of this show actually helped to really round things out because they get they, they pretty much help make up the backbone of this show this season like allison luff as stacy jack's wife has a bigger more meteor role of course mary mary mccormick as willie day just becoming a slightly more of a disaster. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But a fascinating disaster. And Kelly Berglund as Crystal Tyler, who just gets to really shine and and get some fantastic development. Yeah, and I agree with all of that. Uh, Stacy Spade, I thought, just based on season one, was going to be that continuous, you are strong, Jack, and I stand by my man. She's so much more than that this season. She's got her own autonomy, makes her own choices, and has her own career type of ambitions going on. We're in a place that TV is willing to be like, well, okay, I guess someone can be a mom and have a career. Because I'm old, guys. 
I remember growing up where the catalyst of a film's plot was you choose family or you choose career. And Heels really brought us way past that in three different scenarios. And I loved that. Now, I want to talk about Wild Bill Hancock's past and the subject of context. Now, when he got the news that his compadre, his friend, King Spade, had killed himself, we know what he says and what's said to him. And this particular episode is where I'm going to jump on the bagwagon of more people should watch this show. In his single episode, my favorite episode of the season, we get context to what all of that meant to him and to the people around him. And how he replies in that, ah, see, I'm getting a little bit choked up. I'll just stop ranting and say, that episode made me cry. So that's the episode where I'd recommend everybody see this. Is there any particular moments that stood out where the three of you were like, why isn't everybody watching this show? I'll say uh, Mm -hmm. when Stephen Amell is talking to uh, his wife and he learns more about the bullshit his dad did and just earnestly and sternly he just says, I hate him. That, That was just... Wow. I, I will say, uh, and another moment that stood out in a fun little humorous moment, like there, uh, one end of an episode involves a uh, lights out spot and uh, everyone going down and such. And we pan and see that Jack and Ace have exited the ring they were previously in, but they're actually <laughs> under the ring. And there's like... Man, how how long uh, how long do you think it'll take to clear out? I don't know, but I got fucking piss. <laughs> I never and it just that, yeah. it, it just makes me think that that that's what the Undertaker must have had to deal with <laughs> so for so long, and Mick Foley too, because he's old school that way too. When they used to have a lot of lights out stuff, uh, Neil and Ray. Uh... So there's a, a couple of, of times I, I really yes that Wild Bill episode that you're speaking of Bradley is, is wonderful but then there's these there are two other episodes where Jack gets to talk to his wife very honestly about their relationship and about how he's trying he knows he's failing but he's trying and he admits all of this outright and he talks very honestly about that. And you look at that and you say, oh my, you know, that's kind of refreshing, you know, to watch even the, to watch this and see someone struggling, but going, I'm trying the best I can and I will make it. You just need to, you know, hang in there. We all need to hang in there. And then you see him give, a, 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 it's another monologue as well, to his brother, telling him basically the same thing. And that character in these two episodes becomes so vulnerable, something that I don't think they, I think that's the big difference because you had his father, King Spade, who ran Duffy, uh, the DWL, and he never, I don't think, ever admitted that anything was wrong or that he had any problems or that he, you know, he just was always ego, ego. We get that almost ego, ego, ego kind of thing. And he's hiding from his, even when he asked Bill for money the last time, 
he still wants it hidden from his wife. He doesn't want anyone to know that anything is wrong at all. And now Jack's running it. And in the first season, you kind of think he's going to end up the same way as his father. But we get two big glimpses here to show that he is trying to be a different man than his father was. And I really liked those episodes. 100%. Neil. I'm going to go all hipster, and I was all in on the show in season one by the second episode. <laughs> but, but, uh, something I, it wasn't one scene, but in season two, we have a bit more flashbacks, filling in some gaps. I love the decision, the irony of it. Tom Spade k- kills himself. And Jack's going to just scrap it. Like I said, he was propping it all up. I don't want this. The two people that push him into, no, you should think about this. You should do this, is his brother and his wife, who then, for the next year, we get more to where season one was, they're in his way. They're kind of the micro villains fighting him all the way. Get out. It's the rift in season one between Jack and his wife that she's like, nope, this is consuming you. It's consuming us. Get out. And we learned that the two people that pushed him into it the most were then the two that were in his way the most and telling him to give up on it for the whole next year of him trying to run it. I love that. that I guess you'd call it a twist of context. they like, yeah, yeah. Context. And then they're all like, I want to do it this way. I don't want to do it. I don't want you doing it. It's consuming you and us. Get out, get out. <clears throat> That's probably my favorite part of season two, but that isn't one, one scene. It was a few scenes. Sure. That were pieced together over a few episodes of the flashbacks. Before our final thoughts, let's talk about some of these wrestling Easter eggs, be it maneuvers or wrestlers themselves in the show. I'll just quickly say shooting star press. Yay. I recognize that. And also Sting. Sting's back, but he's condemned. Sting, not the actor, the uh, the gimmick, and uh, I loved Ace's twist on that gimmick. But <laughs> although Sting, the wrestler, is somehow still fucking yeah, 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 at the age of sixty three <laughs> and, do, and doing goddamn table spots off of ladders, incredible, yeah. But uh, but yeah, speaking of wrestlers, wow, this is probably the last time we'll ever see CM Punk be happy, uh, especially when he gets to work with his wife, the. Uh, Wonderful AJ Lee, but also, yeah, uh, spotted <clears throat> former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis, current uh, TNA uh, Impact Knockout and Muscle Mommy Jordan Grace, the former Damian Sandow Aaron Stevens, no doubt being a intellectual savior to the unwashed masses. And and I guys and I do gotta give props. The wrestling stunts are still great. Like who whoever is doing the training and coordinating on this show is fantastic. And they and once again, like I said in the season one review, unlike some of WWE's you know direction, I can tell what the hell is going on. Sure, I agree with that as well. Take note, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> Neil. No, Jordan called all called all the stuff out as 
Perfect. took everything. I mean, this show also doesn't like <laughs> bathe in that trying to be like, right? You know, you gotta you gotta look for the Easter. Yeah, you don't gotta know those people, little things. Right? Yeah. In. It's, yeah, I didn't recognize. It's it's seamless. Like any good wrestling match or any good story, you don't see all the seams or all the pro- the beams holding everything it, up. Yeah. And I do apologize. No, no, it's <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it wasn't like it was ten. <laughs> It wasn't like there were ten an episode. I, um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. This isn't like a show that's hiding where you got to go back and find details of ooh, it was that wrestler or it. And I, I, I mean, like, yeah, again, whoever's doing the stunt coordinating uh, and training for all the actors, they're doing a fantastic job, and no doubt it was a, it was a lot of fun. For so many people getting to it. Especially, I will say, there is one moment I did love. It was uh, the DWL's, like, promo oh, yeah. presentation to the Continuum streaming service about why they should be picked up. And it's like, you know, so many of the speeches in this, first off, amazing. And second off, actually capture... Why I still love professional wrestling at the age of 34. It's like, yeah. Is it silly? Can it be stupid? Can it be the most incoherent thing possible? Yeah. But I still love it because it's a story. And it fascinates me. And it grips me. And I care about the people we're fucking doing this. Let's carry that into our final thoughts. Ray, if you would start, please. Uh, Yeah. This is a show that I was excited about before it started. This is a show I was excited about in season one. But let me tell you, they really built on it in season two. And in the first review, I, I tried to make it clear, and I hope I did for people listening, that you do not have to be a wrestling fan to watch this show. You Anybody can watch this show, and it's accessible because this is not necessarily a show about wrestling. This is a show about family. This is a show about the family you were born into. This is a show about the family that that you adopt, the ones that adopt you, the the family you have uh, in your job or the family that you have in your community, whatever. And it's about that that just happens to be centered around a wrestling promotion. So this is that family drama, that grown up family drama. We're not doing Disney Channel here, you know. Don't 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 make a mistake here. We're not you know, this is when I say family drama, I'm not recommending necessarily that you pull your eight year olds into this. But it's this is an adult family drama. And they are nailing their story, they're nailing their characters, they're nailing their writing, they're nailing, and they're nailing the wrestling part of it as well. So for those of you that are wrestling fans, don't think you're going to come in here and watch it and go, uh, I'm disappointed because, you know, they're there and they're doing this wrestling thing and it looks so fake and I don't get it. No, they've got both going on. So this is for, I, I think that anybody who is just out there and is looking for a good dramatic show to watch with, you know, moments of levity and great acting and good writing. This is it, whether you're into wrestling or not. And that's one of the things I I can say about this is that we started with, did it suffer from the sophomore slump? It did not. In fact, as a matter of fact, I think it got better. 
I think it got better. I think they settled into this and it got better. And so at the end of the day, I am going to give this 9.25 out of 10 uh, amateur wrestling podcasts. Yeah, all right. Jordan, please. Everything Ray said, I have to absolutely agree with. Because that's what I loved about season one. It's like, you don't need to know. All right, you can know everything there is to know about professional wrestling. And you can also know absolutely jack shit when it comes to it. It's accessible. Because they even do a good job of explaining, you know, some of the terms still. Like, you know, time to go home. Or, you know. What the heck is kayfabe? You know, gig, kayfabe, yeah, all, all, all that. Uh, the, this this is better than season one. It's a vast improvement, and I loved season one. I gushed about it, but this was perfect. And, yeah, it's a gripping drama that just happens to be about professional wrestling. Stephen Amell knocks it out the park still, but Alexander Ludwig gets to really step up. But I will say the standouts of this season absolutely are Mary McCormick and Chris Bauer. And Michael Malley is just... Wow. To think he went from the most kick-ass supportive dad on Glee to just being this much a fucking sleazebag is... That's range, baby. That's range. So, I'm gonna give Heels Season 2... Nine and a half out of ten creepy mustaches that Vince McMahon has somehow grown, and I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> with. Neil. So, Heels continues to be the little engine that could. Um, out, outside of these three people, I know one other person in my work circle that watches this, because not only does it have the stigma or uh the pro wrestling around it it's also on stars which sorry second tier cable network so it doesn't get a ton of exposure and marketing and advertising but definitely season two came out stronger than one and like ray and jordan have said i really enjoyed season one the bear, you don't have ever worked in a restaurant to understand some of it, but it helps. Ted Lasso, you don't need to know shit about soccer because that's not what the show's driven. It's just part of the vehicle for it. And with heels, you don't need to know anything about wrestling to enjoy this because it's about the characters and it is about family. And we even have a line in the last episode that's like, thank you for giving me a family. And you can really tell tell the character meant it because they never had had one before a real one and now they had a real one um i'm got all my fingers crossed they can get a season three but with the strike and everything like that like we may have to wait a year before we even know anything out of it um I didn't see the sting with the condemned Brad. I was holding on that. My friend, the the one other person I know that watches this, they just drew a line to that was the, all the unused makeup from season one of Arrow when he was the hood. It's pretty much <laughs> the hood from season one of oh, Arrow. God. You have failed this territory. Um, 
but uh, I'm going to give Heels Season 2 9.5 out of 10 tax liens. I'll give 10s. There was a couple of things. This I think this season could have used one more episode. We had a couple of quick light switches go off with a couple of characters that they could have just let that flesh out a little bit slower. Maybe one more episode. But a lot of a lot of shows go eight episodes. This one's had two seasons of eight episodes. It makes sense. But it was a little bit too quick in a couple of places. But where it went was solid and, and felt real and was had great payoff. So nine and a half out of ten tax liens. I did want to add to what Ray said about, you know, finding family. That really did speak to me this season, especially being, you know, a queer person. Like, that found family is just what's been important to me these past years. Well, uh, at the risk of turning heel and just stomping all over no, the episode no, we've been on. No. <laughs> I, swear to, I swear to God. When I first started the show, uh, suicide drama, it opens up with... And we go into the past. And my trifling ass was like, I don't want to go through this. We saw this in season one. But by the end of the season, uh, to point out pretty much a lot of your points, Neil, wow, it pays off. There was a point for all that and not just to kill airtime. The more I watched and realized this isn't just to kill time, there's actually a epic drama being told between this father and his sons and the violence that's run their lives for so long and both brothers in their own way trying to break out of that violence which is so clever because they both pretend to be violent for a living i was really on board and really enjoying this so no i'm not gonna turn hill and be like actually eh, wrestling is dumb and totally fake and even geraldo was faking when he got punched i will give a shout out to alan maldonado I probably butchered his name. He plays Rooster Robbins and the baggage he's carrying from season one by always feeling like Jack had too big of an ego and never let him shine. I thought he was great this season and the heel turn back to face back to heel and the journey that he's on on what wrestler he wants to be. I loved everything about that. I'm going to give this one. Oh, here's where I turn heel 8.5 out of 10. Boo. I swear, I, I swear to God, bro. Bro, I swear to God, this finale had so many swerves. I thought it was written by Vince Russo, bro. Uh. But unlike Vince Russo, these stories are actually coherent. 